and welcome to The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he still can't believe that the free sourdough bread's back at the California Adventurer Bakery Tour, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey! Every other week, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics in the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company as... Always, though, his opinions are fully his own. So Henry Hall, the Mickey Mouse Halloween pumpkin, has landed at the entrance of Disneyland. How about that? Uh, that's nice. Always, always a welcome sight. Didn't honestly think we were going to get to see it this year. Uh, I figured we would see it, but uh, it's always like one of those uh, signs that where we've hit uh, the season to like start like thinking of Halloween. It's just one of those telltale signs. Yeah. I starting to think of Halloween on August 31st. When do you normally start getting into that Halloween spirit? Is this kind of on the earlier side for you or are you like already all in here? I don't know. It's one of those things where it just seems like, uh, like, you, I think it's usually when I'm going like grocery shopping when you start to see like uh, the costumes start appearing and and the candy all out. I think that's when it starts to kind of hit, and I think it actually hits hit earlier this year. Um, <laughs> that empty warehouse or storefront is now it's become that spirit Halloween. Store. Oh yeah, actually, uh, we got the spirit already up and running, and it's opened. Uh, and it's like right next to uh, to Lori's store, so it's like going going to see the wife. You see right there, boom! I, I saw them like setting it up and opening, open for business. Yep, yeah. That uh, it's 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 a good point. Definitely, I feel like it's not me that makes the call on when I start feeling like in that Halloween mood. It's definitely some kind of external starting gun where it's just like okay are we doing this we're here we're here all right starting to see like yeah decorations and stuff like that certainly you know the theme parks are a pretty good starting point for that though man it does feel like every year it's been getting a little earlier each and every time that we go through kind of like halloween time at uh disneyland or disney world i don't know i think uh I think when I usually see it in the the uh, I see it at the actual parks, I feel like it's already kind of gone in. Well, Disney uh, Disney World is a little bit definitely on the early early side of things, but uh, like I don't really feel it until I start to see like the like stores around us. And then last year was just so weird that I don't know, maybe it being early and feeling a bit more normal this year is welcome. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. I think the last year and even most of this year is definitely kind of thrown everything off. I just feel like, uh, you know, get uh, firing off that Halloween starting gun before the kids have gone back to school <laughs> while they're still on summer vacation feels a little weird, but, uh, but that's just me. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but 
in a way, you know, I actually like just thinking of it, it makes it a little appreciative that they do it a little early because maybe like parents can take the kids and experience like, you know, a Halloween at a Disney park, at least make it easier for the parents, maybe, you know, so they can do that. But I don't know. Yeah, man. You're positive today, Henry. I like this. This is good. I'm feeling this, man. Your uh, your positivity is is powering me up right now. <laughs> I'm trying to see trying to see the the positive side of things. There's a lot of negative in the world. Here we go. Here we go. Well, uh, sticking with, I guess this could kind of go uh, either way here, but at least sticking with the uh, the Halloween discussion here. So uh, we do have. Halloween Horror Nights update. Very, very kind of uh, uh, small. It's a small update. But now that we know pretty much everything that's going on at Halloween Horror Nights, they have I think they even just came out with the map recently. So there's no surprise in terms of where everything's going to be. The big kind of question that has been going on is like, okay, A, like is Universal still going to keep riding this? plan of just having no indoor masks, just kind of like a a recommendation. And is that also going to continue into Halloween Horror Nights? Like, are they still going to be completely cool with people going into haunted houses, getting scared, shrieking, screaming, not Henry, of course, but everybody else. Um, Are they going to be cool with that? Knowing that, you know, we're, we're in a particularly dicey period when it comes to COVID in Florida. Uh, so we did get an announcement hasn't, doesn't have anything to do with masks, but what they are going to do, they are going to start installing clear vinyl dividers inside. They refer to them as like key moments within these haunted houses as a way of, you know, creating some kind of preventative, uh, some kind of barrier between guests and the scare actors themselves. So that's going to be there. Still no news in terms of are there going to be other further adjustments in terms of other kind of, you know, mask requirements indoors, similarly to what Disney World and Disneyland do. Uh, also, are they going to be staggering guests? You know, so it's not necessarily like everyone's kind of crammed together, slowly progressing through a haunted house. Are they going to stagger it like they, again, did last year for the couple of houses that they did open so it was like you know one one group every like i don't know what what, what was like 45 seconds or something like that one group every minute something like that are they going to do that don't know this is a step it's a step in the right direction it feels like it feels like okay feeling a little bit better about this yeah i mean it's a win-win for me because at least uh it protects me from the scare moment uh somebody like <laughs> spraying me with COVID. <laughs> but then also, you're totally going to know where all the scares are going to be <laughs> ahead of time. That's true. So unless... Just got to look for that vinyl. Yeah, you start to see vinyl. All right, somebody's going to jump out at me. Uh, to be fair, it also protects them from like potentially getting like punched in the face when they try to jump Yeah, out. I was going to say. <laughs> so, that was my first thought. <laughs> Actually, uh the wife has confided in me that uh, while she loves horror movies, she has a, a absolute love for horror movies. 
she gets anxiety when it comes to like like horror games and haunted houses. So she actually is very scared about going into a haunted house. This will probably put her a little bit at ease. Uh, <laughs> but I I will say if uh, this this is going to be it's going to be an interesting experience for her for sure. She's definitely yeah. She, she's gonna be on it. She was definitely nervous coming up on this uh, Halloween Horror Nights. I didn't know that. She finally just told me. Uh, so. <laughs> After the tickets are purchased, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, she was down to go. It was just like she yeah. she was totally gonna just be hiding behind me, is what she basically told me. So, <laughs> I guess that's all right. Well, Henry, you are the right person to hide behind. You'll just have to let her know. That that was already my idea. So <laughs> I hope there's enough room for both of us. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Universal, it, it seems like we talk about this every so often. But even with that, it's so easy to forget. There is a whole new Universal Park opening up in like a couple of days here. A day? Yeah, because they're having at Beijing, Universal Beijing, they are opening, soft opening anyway, on September 1st. That's tomorrow, that's, that's I guess, tomorrow. with time change. It's today. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, and again, like, it's just like, it feels like with everything going on, uh, it's so easy to forget that, like, that's a thing that is happening. <laughs> that they never slowed down, really, on their construction very much. Uh, and they they built that park in the middle of a pandemic. So that's uh, pretty incredible. And we don't have, I expect, next episode, we'll have a lot more to talk about and share. There hasn't been a ton of kind of on-the-ground details talked about yet and reported out yet. The one thing I have seen, a couple of ride POVs for, is the new... Jurassic Park ride in that Isla Nublar area that's themed to Jurassic Park, themed as if it was that island, Isla Nublar. Cool idea. Uh, and they've got a brand new ride that hasn't been at any of these other parks. Usually you would expect it's going to be that river adventure that we have at uh, at a bunch of the Universal Parks. Maybe the Velocicoaster. Don't have that there. Totally new dark ride. And uh, it looks... Interesting. I, I I wouldn't say that I was super blown away by it. Of course, they kind of have the uh, the the. It's a screen heavy attraction, which is just kind of expected <laughs> to a certain extent with most Universal rides. But I will say they do a really fantastic job of mixing in animatronics and physical set elements in with all of the screens that are going on. So it, it, very similar feeling to uh, uh, Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean ride, where mm. it, it is very screen heavy and the big effects are all kind of done on screens, but they do a pretty good job of masking up the screens and incorporating the screens into a lot of the, the physical set elements. So there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of kind of like, you know, nighttime kind of Jeep chase stuff going on where you're running away from like a T-Rex that's coming at you that looks pretty cool. Some really cool 
moments that definitely had me excited and uh, interested in checking out the park one day. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot of other really cool, exciting stuff coming out over the next couple of days. But yeah, man, pretty soon, Universal yeah, Beijing is going to be a go. It's going to be a thing. God, that, that's got to be a pretty cool land, though. Isla Nublar land. It just the way... I mean, the way the uh, Super Nintendo Land turned out and how Harry Potter Land turned out, I just imagine that all these new lands that are at this new park are got to be just, like, so awesome. Oh, and really, all, all we all we honestly care about is that Waterworld Land, right? Like, everything else can go kick rocks. I just want an amazing Waterworld Land. That's it. <laughs> I don't very know. If, I'm very I don't disappointed. Know I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I definitely am interested in how Waterworld Land would be, uh, just because it was pretty much all water, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, it's got to be. It's got to be pretty cool, though. I always like a kind of a water-based area type setup. Uh, with a lot of water around that you aren't necessarily like at a, a sea world per se uh, where it's, you know, a lot of water attractions. I don't know. I always, I always want a really good like submarine ride, but that isn't what, you know, little Nemo, little Nemo, uh, not finding Nemo. God, why? What's up? Uh, finding Nemo themed. <laughs> They've got a uh, they've got an incredible one at uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. Surprise, surprise! Oh yeah, makes um, of Waterworld Land. You just got to not drink the water too, right? That's the other. <laughs> I guess depending on how accurate they want to be. Anyway, yeah, it'll be uh, exciting. A lot of cool stuff. Transformers Land too, Henry. I know you're excited about that. I mean, I want to be excited about it, but. I'm pretty sure it's Bayformers, so it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, although, like with the Bumblebee, Bumblebee movie, it really gave me hope for the future uh, of Transformers. Without Michael Bay, there there technically can be a future in the Transformers movies, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it looked like the big attraction in the Transformers land. Is basically the Hulk coaster, which by all accounts sounds like it's still pretty fun to ride. Uh, but it's basically a reskinned Hulk coaster, but themed around, you know, uh, Transformers. I did like the Hulk coaster. That was a good, that was a, yeah. that was a solid uh, coaster for sure. There we go, man. There we go. Well, like I said, a lot of cool, awesome, brand new stuff that uh, I'm sure we're going to discuss next week. So look forward to that. But really, the big thing to talk about, the big news that just dropped recently, a couple days ago at this point, still kind of wrapping my mind around it, but the promise of annual passes returning to Walt Disney World is now real. Like, it, it happened. They made good on that. I guess it shouldn't be that big of a surprise considering we had our major updates go down at Disneyland Paris, 
had our major updates go down at Disneyland with Magic Key, had our major updates go down with FastPass, now Genie and Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. So it only makes sense that, yeah, we're, we're, in the, we're, we're just trying to knock all of this stuff out now, kind of flood the channels with information so that really, come October, we can just focus on good times with the 50th anniversary. That's it. But before we get to that, we've got, we've got the nitty gritty here with these, uh, with these annual passes. So, so some interesting stuff for sure. A little bit of the good, actually, no, there's, there's not that much good, but it's not, it's not all that bad either. It's, it's a very, it feels like a very similar situation to the Disneyland situation with magic key, but we can get into that in one second. The big, the biggest piece is that this is launching September 8th. So right around the corner here, and much like Disneyland's Magic Key system, it's keeping to four different pass types. And really the major difference with these pass types, there's a couple, <laughs> which, which, which are interesting. But uh, the major differences, at least on the surface, other than the cost, it, it all is just built around reservations, mm-hmm. right? So the higher pass type you get, the more reservations you're going to be able to have at a time. And if you're a current pass holder as well, uh, if you had a, a, a basically an annual pass before the parks closed for COVID and you've continued to renew your pass, you'll be able to uh, roll over to the new system with a discount whenever your renewal date happens. So that's that that's a nice perk. Weren't given that at Disneyland, but that was a that was a nice perk for everybody at Disney World. But anyway, so these four pass types starts out with the Disney Pixie Dust Pass that includes three park reservations and it has the most blackout dates out of any of these passes. So really uh all weekends, all holidays just like that holiday block, pretty much. <laughs> Forget about it. You're blacked out. Uh, that's going to cost you $399 plus tax or $19 per month for 12 months after $205 down. And again, this payment plan that's offered for each of these passes is only available for for Florida residents. So if you're not a Florida resident, you're going to be out of luck quite a bit here because that Disney uh, that that Disney Pixie Dust Pass is only available to Florida residents. That's uh, that's kind of similar to Disneyland, where their lowest pass, their cheapest pass, is only available to SoCal residents. So us up in the San Francisco Bay Area, we're out of luck. We're not getting those cheapy passes at uh, at Disneyland. Much like much is the same with Disney World in Florida, that Disney Pixie Dust Pass, only available to Florida residents. Next up, the Disney Pirate Pass. It includes four park reservations with select weekends and holiday blackout dates. So again, a little bit more access here. That is going to cost you $6.99 plus tax, or $45 per month for 12 months with that down payment. Also, 
only available to Florida residents. From there, we go on to the Disney Sorcerer Pass. That one includes five park reservations with pretty much only the holidays blacked out. A little bit better. That's $8.99 or $63 per month with that down payment. Also only available to Florida residents or Disney Vacation Club members. Finally, the last pass, the new platinum, if you will. The Disney Pass. This one includes five park reservations, but with no blackout dates. You're good to go whenever you want. This is $1,299 plus tax or $99 per month for 12 months after your down payment. This pass is available to everyone. So just to touch on that again, if you are out of state, if you do not live in the state of Florida, and I guess you're not a Disney vacation club member, your only option is that Disney in credit pass. So you would be essentially forced into, if you want an annual pass, you're forced into that top tier status. Might not be the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely a major change considering before outside of the silver pass, you could have gone with any of the other tiers. Also pretty significant. If you're a Disney vacation club member, it means that the cheapest pass you're going to get is $900. That's spicy. That's a little spicy right there, especially if you've already committed to years and years of uh, of your Disney Vacation Club timeshare. little spicy. All of these passes have some kind of discounts on merch and dining available, just as before. Uh, interestingly enough, and this is actually a pretty cool park, park hopping after 2 p.m. is also included on all passes. This is the same as Disneyland's passes, basically, where, hey, park hopping is just... You don't even, all you have to do is make a reservation at the park that you want to start the day at. And then at 2 p.m., if you're at Disney World, just transfer over to any of your other park. All good, included with the price of your pass. Also, parking. It's just for everybody. That's pretty good. A little more, a little more necessary if you are uh, going to Florida. Because it's not the public transportation is not quite the same as if you were in downtown Anaheim. But all passes get parking. That's a pretty sweet deal. Again, at Disneyland, only that top tier gets free parking. That second to the top gets discounted parking, but still pretty good. You could have the lowest tier pass free parking. What isn't included, obviously, here photo pass or water parks. This is a big one. These are offered instead as add-ons. So each is $100. If you want that photo pass option, you're forking over $100 per person. Similarly, if you want the option of going to water parks, you're forking over another $100 per person. Those were included. Both of those were included as the former top-tier pass. That Platinum Pass had both of those options before. It's going to cost you 100 bucks each now. Also, unlike Disneyland, if you are staying at an on-site hotel, it actually 
works in your favor because those reservations that you're going to need to make while you're staying at the on-site hotel do not count against your reservation total. That's not the case at Disneyland. Unfortunately, this was a uh, discovery some people made after they had picked up magic keys and decided to stay at one of the few Disneyland on-site properties is that those reservations do count against your reservation total. That's a little bit of a bummer. Oh, and then the other kind of little bit and piece here was that they called out that bonus reservations will be available at various different points throughout the year. I I personally read that to be, hey, if it's, a, it's looking like it's going to be a pretty low capacity day at the park, we'll throw a couple of extra reservations out to pass holders. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's going to be more frequent, but we'll just have to see. No idea what that's going to be. That's just at the whim of Disney. I think I... I think I heard something that they were going to, those were going to be maybe, uh, besides what you said, but I think they were also going to be potentially like special days of like, Hey, this is pass holder day, like, uh, annual pass holder day. So this day, if you come on this day, it doesn't count towards your, your reservations. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Hey, yeah. I'm all for that. That sounds like a good part. But anyway, man, so there you go. That is the new annual pass holder system at Walt Disney World. Henry, I'm very, very curious to hear what your thoughts are on this outside of the fact that the naming that they chose for these passes is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I dislike this significantly less than even Disneyland's, which I also really really disliked these these whoever is in charge of lightning lane as well whoever is in charge of naming and rebranding all of these new uh systems uh is is doing a a a very bad job this this just sounds like a mess but anyway henry gut check hit me well like the first thing that kind of hits me when you look at this i mean at least i i will say that the Disney World's uh, annual passes are a lot easier to understand. <laughs> so much easier to understand. And uh, and they get such a better deal than the Disneyland system. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, all but one of the Disney, uh, uh, the, only one of the Disney World uh, annual passes is more expensive than the corresponding Disneyland, but you also you always get more just because there's four parks, even than right. compared to the two, and totally. uh, you're paying more for the Disneyland, and you're getting less because all of the uh, the Disney World ones, given it says savings up to 20% on dining and merchandise for all the all the right. annual passes so i imagine that fluctuates by probably location uh from what i've yeah. heard at least even for for us it, for uh for cast members it fluctuates depending on where you're going even if you're going to get a discount but having 20% is still like better even uh than like the the best you can get with the with the magic keys is 20 percent off so right and the lowest tier gets that 
at Disney World. And then, of course, like you pointed out, every annual pass gets free parking, given it's a different situation, but it's a nice a nice thing to throw in there. But again, totally. it's every one of these is at least fifty dollars cheap cheaper or fifty to a hundred dollars cheaper than the corresponding Disneyland one, but you're getting four parks instead of like the two. And they're doing better stuff for yeah. the reservation system, as you also pointed out, where there's like time days where they're not going to count against your reservations. And then like you said, if you're staying at a resort, it doesn't count dirt to- towards your reservations. So it's like, it just sounds like, you know, they did a much better deal for the, the Florida, the Disney world ones. Plus you know, unless you're a di- uh, Florida resident, you can only get like two of the annual passes. Again, you'd have to de- be a DVC member to get have two options. Where it's complete difference at Disneyland, where you can only there's only one that's not available to you if you're out of state resident. You you have the option of three. Right. So. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's so weird the differences between the the two different systems, but it does feel like Disneyland. You're definitely not getting as good of a deal. That being said, I did hear that. Yeah, you're. They definitely cut down the number of annual passes because they had some very specialized ones where there was like a Epcot after four for for Florida mm. residents, which mm. um, yeah. I don't know. I can kind of see like that being cut out because there may have been like, that's just like so niche. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, there's, it's still sounding like you're not getting as good a deal, but like seeing them set side by side, I feel like <laughs> we here in California got even more shafted than, than I saw before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like it definitely is. I mean, a hundred percent. That was my thought too. Was like it, 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 it is slightly. It's cheaper, and and the value proposition is significantly better. Now, again, like you know that the person figuring out the numbers on the theme park side of Disney is 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 realizing that like, well, we're going to get a lot more annual pass holders at. Uh, at Disneyland in California than we are at in Florida. It's just, again, like we've talked about this ad nauseum, but Disneyland is such a heavy uh, local and annual pass holder park that, I mean, it's like you're, I'm clearly they're not making decisions to uh, save you any money, right? Like that is, that is, I think every, with every one of these, announcements that we've been getting in terms of how these parks are kind of uh, uh, reformulating their annual pass holder systems or, you know, fast pass, like the value that they're giving you as a guest has like significantly dropped. Like they're just not leaving money on the table. Whereas before you maybe could rationalize it and maybe look at it and be like, okay, I'm actually getting a pretty good deal here 
uh, they've closed a lot of those opportunities and a lot of those, I don't want to say loopholes, but like those kind of uh, uh, positive value opportunities. Like, oh, it's, a, it's really tight right now. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, that was definitely a thought that I had was just like, well, I mean, you know, you, you kind of expect that you're going to, you're going to go through that. I guess it is nice that that park hopper is available at, uh, at Disneyland too, but yeah, that, um, that was a pretty rough one, man, for sure. Uh, and it was interesting to see, I mean, a big kind of thought that I had, and of course, like we're on the West coast. So we are kind of more of, uh, of the Disneyland kind of mentality of like, yeah, an annual pass makes sense. Um, you know, especially if you're going very regularly, like, yeah, totally. Of course the, the, so the thought that I had was like, well, what is kind of the feeling from other people that are more focused towards Disney world? And, and I was looking kind of through the subreddits and looking at a couple of different, you know, the Facebook groups that I'm, that I'm in and, it was pretty mixed and it seemed to all come down to, you know, what kind of guest you were. And it, and it came down in a way that I think wasn't necessarily experienced with the magic key system at Disneyland. Right. I think our general feelings around it was like, it's not significantly different other than, you know, the way that like blackouts are being applied. And I guess the way that, Genie and Genie Plus, but that aside, you know, just looking at the Magic Key system itself, it really just kind of felt like pretty much a price increase on top of mostly what was already there, right? Obviously, the reservation system is a big component to that, but it didn't feel like it was substantially changed, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's basically, yeah, they were just price increase and they they did some tweaks where they took some things away but it, it felt very much what we had before uh. right and so for locals uh or kind of residents within florida that was kind of the same reaction that i think a lot of them had which was like yeah it sucks that we have to pay now if we want to go to water parks Sucks now that we have to pay for PhotoPass, at least if they were getting that kind of top tier system. But generally, you know, it sucks, of course, that you can't just go on a whim whenever you want to. You can't just decide like same day that you're going to roll it down to, to Disney World, though, you know, at least what we're seeing at Disneyland with the Magic Key system, that's still possible. It's those, those reservations are sticking around pretty pretty well so it's uh they're not as they're not getting snapped up as fast as i think we were thinking they might that was still the same feeling that uh that people local to disney world were feeling like it was like yeah it was just a kind of a price increase with maybe a couple of things that they've taken away but you know nothing too you know uh nothing too substantial for people that are out of state it's obviously a different story, right? Yeah. <laughs> a much different story because, uh, you know, you may have had a lower priced pass because you could say like, well, we would go twice a year and we would make it, we would make it work. And the, the kind of, you know, finances would all balance out where, 
you know, it would, it, maybe we would break even, but maybe the extra discounts helped a little bit and it just made sense to go for a lower pass. You're factoring in that you're going as a family. It's a family vacation twice a year. Then that makes sense. Um, that sucks <laughs> because now you're getting hit with a huge increase, right? Especially when you multiply that by family members, like that is, that's rough, man. That is rough. If, if, if it's not just kind of like a, a, an occasional Disney world trip every few years, if you're like a regular goer and you don't live in Florida, that is, you're thinking twice about that. And that was definitely the sentiment. You could almost tell who was a local and who was out of state by that reaction of just like the people that were the most pissed off and feeling like it ain't going to happen. No way that we're going to renew it. Uh, we're thinking twice about it. Generally, we're not local to Florida. Mm. The other kind of reaction, obviously less people uh, fall into this category, but there are those DVC members that also are kind of in that same boat where they're not local to Florida and they had kind of like lower tiered passes because maybe they didn't use, maybe they used their points that they had on DVC just like once a year for a big trip. And oftentimes there were, a couple, I shouldn't say often, there were a couple of people that mentioned that they previously and other people that they had known would pool their points until kind of like the holidays and then spend the holidays at Disney World. That's a much more expensive prospect now where, you know, at the very least, each person in your party is spending $900 for that. I mean, then, then it is a question of, well, if it's a yearly thing, do we even stick with passes do we not just go with uh do we not just go with kind of just single day tickets or you know multi-day tickets or whatever whatever that situation is it's a big question well, they, they may have also had to pay get the even go for instead of the 900 to the thousand the 1200 1300 because because they're during the holiday correct yeah exactly that's right. That was a that was an important point to mention for sure. Yeah, because you're blacked out on the holidays, then you are right. Exactly. If you want to keep going during the holidays and have an annual pass, not going to be an option unless you fork over thirteen hundred. So yeah, definitely pretty mixed. Um, the the other kind of commentary that I heard a lot. And I definitely started hearing these kinds of rumblings. I want to say it was right around when Disney World reopened after the closure and they first announced the park pass system. And this was when um, capacity was still, they were still constraining capacity to be extremely mm -hmm. low, right? And so there was a lot of... Uh, if you remember, there was a lot of pass holders at Disney World that were complaining because they couldn't get reservations until like way far out, uh, despite the fact that like single day guests or hotel guests were able to, or basically like wide open to make reservations, yeah. right? And so what you started to see was like Universal <laughs> Orlando started making plays, right? Like, 
they always have a they always have a pretty saucy relationship when it comes to their social media person. They're 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 uh, they're you know a little a little <laughs> brash, let's say. Uh, and so, but Universal clearly made a big push to start bringing people over that were dissatisfied with what was going on with Disney World. Right? It was hey, if you sign up within this first like three month period of us being reopened, like we're going to give you an extra six months. Basically, you're going to get 18 months of an annual pass at Universal. Oh, and by the way, we don't have reservations. Oh, and by the way, like, you know, we're significantly cheaper. (laughs) So, uh, you know, again, it's a different value proposition to be sure. Uh, Universal Orlando versus Walt Disney World, but still, that that had started, uh, you know, almost a year ago at this point, over a year ago at this point, and so now with this, it's starting back up again. You're starting to see those wheels turn. Uh, obviously, that social media person, whoever's running that account, taking shots at Disney World, uh, and you did see a lot of people talking about like. And this was like people that maybe were uh, out of staters that that used to go to Disney World enough to make it to justify a lower tier pass. They were saying like, well, maybe we'll just visit Disneyland once and instead we'll purchase a Universal Orlando pass with what we saved for everybody. And, you know, we'll be able to make a few more trips out there. And just for context... Uh, I looked up kind of what current pricing looks like for Universal Orlando annual passes, and they are definitely, definitely cheaper when you think about it. So I'm just looking at their three parks uh, annual passes. So that includes, obviously, Studios, uh, Islands of Adventure, and Volcano Bay, which, you know, give or take. You might be interested in that. You might not be. Anyway, if you're to go to the to the most expensive pass, which is their premier pass, it's only 815 bucks. That's without tax, obviously, but so is the 1400 for Disney World. But that includes a lot of perks, right? They don't have a reservation system there that they're operating under. It's, it's, it's kind of the way that it's always been. So, yeah, you can roll in just kind of whenever you mm-hmm. want, right? They also have Park Hopper. They also are offering Universal Express, which is just, hey, you walk in through, you know, it's it's like old fast pass basically, yeah. right? Uh, they're offering Universal Express after 4 p.m. at all of their parks. So you want to go in and later in the day, boom, you just roll into the Universal Express line and you're good to go. Uh, they have other things like also, you know, parking's included. They have early admission on certain days. They, of course, have the standard kind of discounts on food. They have one free Halloween Horror Nights Ooh. tickets. Uh, they, so they're also, they're making a very competitive, uh, you know, offer here to people that are maybe not feeling kind of everything that's been coming out of Disney lately. So it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Henry, you've talked about kind of how from a, from kind of a ride perspective and an attractions perspective, Universal has become significantly more competitive, right? But it seems like even just like from their, uh, I don't know what you'd even call it, their annual pass holder kind of appreciation maybe, 
<laughs> they're starting to, to to really compete on that end as well. Yeah, I mean they're 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 offering up a, a much more appealing uh, annual pass for like you know people to come. Hey, you you're used to coming to to Disney. Well, maybe you should consider like instead coming to Universal's, and you know, and it's going to get even more appealing when they get the the whole new uh, the new park. So, right. you know, I, I think I think Disney needs to kind of keep an eye on that, but we'll see what happens when they get closer to the new park opening because maybe Universal up their prices. Uh, for oh, sure, yeah. but I mean, I can't imagine their prices would be more than <laughs> Disney's because at the same time that Universal would up their prices all this time until that park opens, <laughs> Disney's probably going to be upping their prices at the same time. So <laughs> you know it <laughs> totally. I, I think one thing this shows, uh, I think you know, looking at both. Disneyland's uh, Magic Keys and the uh, Disney World's annual passes is that one of the things, the themes that we were kind of like, we've been hinting at, been saying that's going to be, but uh, the reservation system is definitely going to be here. Probably it's it's here to stay. Since the annual passes are actually being like, you know, that was the big differentiation between them is like blackout dates and reservations that you can have. So that's what you're going to wind up like. Those things are going to be sticking around. I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no way that they're spending all of this time to rebrand all of these annual passes uh, for both parks. And build them around a reservation system if that reservation system is not like a permanent fixture. So yeah, hundred percent correct. Yeah, that makes I, I totally agree that that is uh, that is that is uh, a for sure sign. <laughs> Get used to it, everyone. But yeah, but I mean that does add fuel to the universal fire of like, hey, remember a simpler time where you didn't have to worry about reservations where. You know, you could just kind of roll into the park whenever you wanted and you don't have to deal with Genie Plus or Lightning Lanes or anything like that. We've just got one system. Roll in after four. Any day you want, we'll hook you up. Like that, that's an appealing proposition all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I think, you know, the reservation system is just too, too good for Disney to just give up at this point it's it's too good like a way for them to manage people in the parks but also it's it's one of those perks that they can add to like an annual pass or magic key that really costs them nothing and it's like yeah it's an artificial constraint right you're basically giving them like like nothing that you can really like see and like they can tell you hey you get five of this thing but you know they can put constraints on that all they want and you really don't have like any control over that so when they give you five you'll get really excited when they give you six and it's it's really costing them nothing 
So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it would be one thing if the promise of reservations came true in that I've got to give a shout out because, um, uh, offhand Disney, which is a, it's a fun, uh, uh, Disney YouTube channel had this great kind of, it was like a segment, like looking at all of these, uh, kind of changes to all of these systems. But, uh, a great point that I thought he made was, you know, he, he played this clip of Chapik introducing the reservation system on, I don't know, some like, you know, I don't know, uh, some, some, kind of, you know, like CNN money or something like that. I don't know, whatever, whatever any of these financial channels are. But he was talking about how, oh, you know, the great thing about the reservation system is it allows us to kind of manage flow of guests to ensure that we're creating a a kind of a much more pleasant experience for those that are in the park and we're avoiding kind of just massive congestion. And so he takes that and then immediately cuts to current crowd levels at Hollywood studios. <laughs> it's just like totally congested and just still totally slammed. Uh, and it's a great point. It's like, dude, yeah. Like if, if you were to actually provide that at Disney parks right now, then like maybe I'd be more open to it. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, but if everything is still going to be extremely busy and I guess we'll still still a lot to kind of see how it's going to turn out. Right. Will lightning lane the fact that that fast pass is going to go pay to play now. Is that going to mean that, you know, standby lines are going to move faster? It didn't when I was there and there was no fast pass. Uh, it kind of did. It sounded like when you were there, but it wasn't like significant. Right. Uh, so. I just think that makes it sting a little bit more is like, well, if you're going to have this reservation system and the parks are still going to feel super crowded, like if I'm still going to wait an hour or two for like the really popular rides, then it does feel like total bullshit. Well, I think the, you know, the question kind of comes to mind when you, when they talk about something like that, where, you know, the reservation system limits like park, capacity so it's not crazy packed maybe it does do that but honestly does it is it really more of a tool for disney for them to save money where like if they see like hey we have this day and it's it's looking like it's going to be a low capacity day we don't we're not going to need as many cast members in 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 the park at this day so you guys don't come into work this day so like honestly i think that's that uh, yeah i think it's more still to their benefit i mean there's they're definitely not adding anything really to our benefit because like you said if they were really going to be making that like uh park reservation system to limit capacity you know they would they would do that. They would limit capacity to a point where it's comfortable for everybody there. So like, I mean, if, if hundred percent capacity is, is the norm now, I mean, was like, if, if 50,000, you know, I'm just throwing numbers out. If 50,000 was hundred percent capacity given it can go more than that, 
they they just they limited everybody at fifty thousand. That's packed. They if they really wanted to like you know make the reservation system would actually maybe cut people off when we hit about 40,000, but they're not going to do that. Basically what's happening is the reservation system is cutting people off maybe at 50,000 because that is like where it's just totally congested at that point. They're not getting as it's kind of like that one point where you get that, um, that cutoff point where you're not really because it's so packed people are miserable so they're not spending as much money at at the park and they're going home earlier so they so they're cutting it off before they hit that point is basically what's happening but that doesn't mean it's not going to still be packed so it's it's kind of one of those things where it's they're not doing anything to help the consumer helping the guests it's all in their favor and they're trying to like you know sell it to people as something that is going to be used in their favor but it's not other than yeah you're not going to get you know 60,000 people when 50,000 is their max capacity but at 50,000 it's packed you know so you're just not getting crazy packed so I, I don't know no totally i mean i i and uh you know it's like i feel like the major difference between the chapic era of disney parks and maybe the josh tomorrow era of disney parks who knows you know who this who's the decision maker is this tomorrow or uh you know head of 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 worldwide parks or is this is this a Chapic thing? But I feel like in the in the Iger era, the previous leadership era, uh, you know, they'd give you a kiss on the cheek before slapping you across <laughs> the face, and here you're just getting slapped. There's no, there's no, there's no sugar with this uh, with this sour. You know what I mean? It's like you're just getting you're just getting full on uh, disappointment. <laughs> there's nothing that's even like, oh well, I guess at least we got that. It's like, no, 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 no. You're going to take the slap and then you're going to thank us for it. It's uh, but you know, it's a big part of it is we will have to wait and see at least to, to, at least when it comes to lightning lane, at least when it comes to these annual pass kind of reservation system, because even though it doesn't still feel like it, it is like, I don't know, man, like it, it, still feels like the the parks and the reopening is still a work in progress right like they're still in that reopening phase especially at disneyland um so uh but it does feel like with this announcement they're coming to the uh, to the end of that which i guess is a good thing um another thing that struck me though no mention of a lightning lane or genie plus option i guess it's always possible that they could add that later but to me, no mention of that means that it's it's going to be pay to play for everybody, whether you're an annual pass holder or not. No breaks given, right? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the Genie Plus is just everybody is, is going to have to pay for that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean... As as you said, you know, you got a kiss before, and then you got the slap. I think here they basically said you're getting the slap, but they're telling you uh, the slap is for your own good. 
So it's, it's in there your you benefit go. to get this slap. <laughs> you lack discipline. Uh, and then the only other kind of thing that struck me, not a big surprise, no mention of the premier pass. So previously there was that pass you could have and it gave you pretty much no blackout access to Disneyland and Disney World. And it came at a premium. But uh, but yeah, if you were somebody that was jumping around to coast to coast and going to both parks quite a bit, could uh, be pretty good. No mention of that. Like I said, not a big surprise here. They're clearly, as you pointed out early on, really attempting to streamline as many of these passes as possible. Uh, and and uh, while at the same time, kind of keeping things relatively separate, right? I'm 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 actually I was a little bit surprised that they didn't even that they didn't even go with the magic key terminology that they went with something completely different and terrible. But they could have easily just said, "Hey, this is the magic key system," but for Disney World, but they didn't. So still keeping that kind of delineation in terms of. Uh, of passes, but like I said, I, that was a little surprising. I mean, it, it's just so weird lately with all these uh, changes that they're making. As far as as uh, you have the different apps, you have the the different annual passes set up. You have Magic Key annual pass, but then the fact that they kind of share the the genie. Uh, Genie Plus system and Lightning Lane. It's just so weird where they decide that they're going to, <laughs> to actually be kind of like share that same like system. It's just so so weird, so willy nilly. I think I think you sh- they should either like just clearly just do their own thing, which would make more sense than doing like some things together and some things separate, most things separate. Uh, but I guess they're trying to make it simpler, but they're not. They're just making it more and more complicated. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised they didn't have yeah. the, the premier pass. I think also they just say that like, if you're, if, if you're, going to do both parks and oft enough to uh to actually you know have a pass uh, annual pass for both you probably are well to do enough to get an annual pass for e- for each uh park separately pony up yeah. like everybody else uh well so here we are henry we are in the next phase I would say it feels like we're in the next phase of, of kind of, you know, the, the Disney theme park era, whatever that phase ends up being, how does it feel? Yeah, it feels expensive. I think at least it it feels like now that they've kind of gotten these things out, I have a little bit of a better expectation, like, you know, I'm not surprised anytime that they're coming out with something and they're going to charge more for it or whatnot at this point. But uh, at least all this, they've kind of aired out all the dirty laundry and now it's, it's just time to, to move forward. But uh, I, I would like to say that like, yeah, 
you know, these things aren't going to go over. Like so many people are upset about it. They're going to, to back down. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so no. I, I, I definitely don't think Disney backs down from any of this stuff. I think it would, they would find that to be devaluing their product. Um, but we'll see what happens as far as what their offerings are, I guess. But I, I don't think, uh, I don't expect changes to any of these systems. No. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're riding this one out for the foreseeable future for sure. Uh, you know, who knows how much this was all in, uh, who knows how much this was all in the plan before, or how much all of this was a reaction to COVID and the losses that were experienced during these closures and uh, and the changeover of a new CEO. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts here. But yeah, it's, I think from my perspective, it just feels a little less, I don't know if friendly is not the right word, but it does feel like, man, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> definitely, definitely has triggered kind of the the uh, cynical side of me here, where it's just like, man, this is some uh, this is some harsh stuff, and it's it's it has always been to your point, very clear that uh, you know Disney is a premium experience, so you should expect to pray uh, to pay a premium for it. But uh, when you just look at all of the changes that have been made recently. You know, they, so many of these changes have been kind of stripping out a lot of, as you were talking about, like a lot of the kind of added value of going to these parks. Like, you know, you think of Disney World, dude. We had like Magical Express is gone. The Fast Pass in, a, you know, the, the 30, 60 day in advance Fast Pass options are, are all gone. The, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, a lot of those, a lot of those perks for staying at an onsite hotel are gone. They've completely modified the kind of, uh, extra hours and early park entry. Um, there's just so much of that stuff that has just fast pass as a whole being free is no longer a thing. It's now like an upcharge and it's an upcharge in like such a, a kind of, it's just like consumer unfriendly way, right? Where it's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to charge you to get fast pass basically. But even if you pay just the flat fee for genie plus, that's not going to give you everything. You're also going to then need to spend extra money to get on the best rides. Aha. That's just like such a bummer. And then you start thinking about how complicated this is again, like what you were talking about, how complicated so many of these new systems have become. Like, obviously, if you are an annual pass holder, it, uh, you know, you're probably somebody that is, is relatively familiar with the intricacies of a lot of these different programs. But even if you just put, passes aside and you're just thinking just kind of the family that's going to Disney world or Disneyland. Um, and let's just say Disney world, since that's what we've been talking about. 
you know, you're the average family, you're going on a vacation to Disney World. It's like, well, now you you don't have the Magical Express, so you're either Ubering or you're renting a car or you're paying Mears transportation, you know, 15 to $20 per person. So you're paying for that. Then, uh, you know, you then have to figure out like, well, do we want Genie Plus? And when do we purchase Genie Plus? And we've got to make reservations for each one's each each uh, park that we want to visit each day. And then we've got to, uh, you know, make do, do we want to do you know virtual queues? Do we want to do individual lightning lanes? Do we want to do Genie Plus? Do we want to? <laughs> it's, right? It's just like there are so many different kind of hoops that you got to jump through now. Um, that it just feels like, oof, man, it it feels like this could have been a lot more streamlined. And so it does, in a sense, feel just like less friendly from a consumer perspective. There was a huge just uh, appeal to landing at the airport, hopping on your bus, uh, not paying anything for it. It takes you right to your hotel, knowing that a lot of your fast passes were already booked. So it's just kind of like, hey, man, look, we're just going to roll with it today. We know kind of what our schedule is. Seems like a much easier, breezier process than what we have now. So it, like I said, friend, maybe, maybe, maybe friendly is the word that I'm, I'm going for here. Well, I mean, if anything, I've learned from like, you know, kind of like subscription services and stuff is that they, you know, they, they prey on your ignorance of the system to get like extra money out of you. So like, you know, you go into it, you don't really have, you know, you don't necessarily know if you need the Genie Plus system or not, but, you know, your fear that you're not going to be able to do everything, you know, you wind up buying it anyways and uh you know so i think it's they purposely set up a system that is confusing one that also makes it easier for them to like change it if they have to they make it very uh ambiguous so on purpose so they don't have to like necessarily spell everything out because then they can change it later if they want to or need to uh you know so um you know, if you if you make it a simple system, it makes it easier for people to like plan everything out and they're like, hey, this is what it's gonna cost us. We're gonna just spend this amount on I mean, given you there's always gonna be differences, but you can plan out your spending a lot better. Uh when you don't necessarily plan it out as good, that's when you definitely go over. You're more apt to pay pay more you rarely have i ever gone into a situation where uh i had planned out everything and spent less or i should say i didn't i went into a situation where i didn't know what i'm going to spend and wind up actually spending less you usually wind up spending a lot more uh but uh you know if you if you plan ahead of time, you usually can like, you know, make sure your spending is like in control and, and within a, a certain reason. But the more ambiguous things get, the more likely you're going to spend more. 
And I think this is all like on purpose. I think all of this stuff was was heading this way. And I think they definitely took advantage of the pandemic to put this stuff in a place. I don't necessarily think they were necessarily going to do all this stuff now, but I think now was just a convenient time to do it. (laughs) (sighs) Well, how about this? Let's end things on a positive note. Ready? Cheese crawl. We're doing it. We're paying for it. We're not complaining about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, the cheese, they, they just, uh, they actually opened up some booths early at Epcot for the food festival. So they had the new, uh, Mac, uh, macaroni based, uh, booth opened up. The wife is excited for it. Uh, truffle macaroni and cheese. Like I said, no complaints from us. Oh, let's, we're going to focus on that. That's where my mind is going to be to keep things positive. Definitely the food is going to be on point. That just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, uh, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 59 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. Stay healthy, everybody. Take care. Seriously, dude, I am going to need you to walk ahead of me when it comes to the haunted houses. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.